Welcome to the Self-Kindness Podcast. This ridiculously idealistic podcast is designed to not only prove to you that self-kindness is possible, but it is the thing that is going to change life on this planet. And it begins with you. It begins with changing one thing within you. How kind are you going to be to you? Hey friends, this is Pete jumping in here at the beginning of this episode to tell you that September 2022 is a gorgeous month to start your self-kindness coaching. Right now, I have four different offers that I am offering to new potential clients. If we've never worked together or if you want to get back and working together, check out these new offers. You can find them in the show notes and or you can always find me on social at self kindness with Pete and DM me for all the details. There's everything from a full six month of coaching all the way down to a special September only five sessions punch card. So find out all the details by going to the show notes or DMing me and heading over to the social uh, and that's at self kindness with Pete on Instagram. All right. Hello and welcome to another self-kindness podcast. I am Pete Sibley and I'm thrilled to be here with you, my friends. Today, being audacious, grabbing that word and reclaiming that word back. Uh, I introduced myself recently in a new coaching group that I am part of as someone who sees himself as being audaciously idealistic. And it got some smiles, and it also, uh, a friend of mine on the call, you know, immediately texted me and said, that has got to be something that you continue to lead with. And it has all come through self-kindness work, my friend. It has come through this journey. You know, I talk about this a lot on this podcast, that self-kindness is just a, it's a small little placeholder for something that is so much bigger. For me, in the beginning, self-kindness had to be my entry point. I wanted self-love. I wanted self-compassion. I wanted, you know, self-confidence. But I didn't even know how to begin being just like gentle with myself. Anytime that my mind had a moment, it used that space to show me all these thoughts and narratives about how I wasn't doing it right. And I had learned that lesson, I had learned it well, that the more I did the self-beat up, the, like, I believed that would motivate me to be a better person. So, it doesn't work that way. Very few people are motivated that way for an extended period of time. Maybe a short period of time, it has been proven to work, but it doesn't, it's not a long-lasting, long-burning fuel, especially If you're like me and you have a neurodivergent brain, and even if you don't, but they have definitely found the research is out that people with ADHD and other neurodivergencies, uh, we do not respond well to negative reinforcement. So being idealistic in this world, you get a lot of feedback saying, you know, get real. And a lot of feedback that essentially says what you're thinking and believing and focusing on isn't the right thing to be focusing on. So idealistic is one word that I am reclaiming in my life. The other thing 
is a word audacious. And I've been working with clients on this recently. The interesting thing about the word audacious is it's been, uh, you know, co-opted by people who want to use somebody speaking up, somebody who wants to stand in their truth and their authenticity, and it's, it's kind of loud and maybe even in your face to put that down. Why? Because that is kind of pushing against the systems that are in place, right? So we're going to get into the word audacious itself, but why is this so important when it comes to a self-kindness conversation? Well, it's really that looking at being audacious for your own life and getting to understand why you have turned down the volume button in your own mind about your opinion and what desires and dreams and hopes that live in you and cranked up that negative voice uh, all in an effort to keep yourself safe, essentially. So let's unpack this a little bit. Have you ever been told to be more realistic? Have you ever been told, you know, that was nice, but it's time to like, you know, it's time to really, let's let's get real here. Or <laughs> if you have lived my life, you've been told many times you had your fun and you have had that chance, like, but it's time to get a real job. And you know, we can even just pause right there and do a whole podcast around what the fuck is a real job? Really? What is a real job? I mean, it's coming from people and it's coming from a place of calling one type of work real and one type of work not real. And I, I know if you're listening to this, you are a smart human being. My audience is, is a very well-educated, smart, well-thinking uh, audience. And so you know that we can really unpack this idea of what a real job is. And, you know, as if Lady Gaga doesn't have a real job, as if Oprah doesn't have a real job, as if, you know, you name... It, it, like, it doesn't even have to be one of these huge megastars that I'm naming. Like, people just making a living doing something that is different from, let's say, accountant, lawyer, doctor, um, you know, an HR rep. And not that anything, like, all of what I'm saying is it's all welcomed. But when we create this either or in outside in the culture we have created the either or inside of us meaning like you can either do this or you can do that you can't do both don't get too big for your britches that is something that was just so ingrained in the culture of my protestant uh new england upbringing here's another one don't get your hopes up uh, i hear that a lot from the people that i look up to that one of the biggest comes, comebacks that they get from their naysayers are you're getting people's hopes up. And why is that a bad thing? Oh, it's just like it turns my stomach to think like getting somebody's hope, hopes up is a bad thing. So like I said, even if you've never heard these messages directly, they are infused in the culture that you swim in. 
again, you're probably listening to this and you are, wherever you find yourself, are most likely influenced by the Western culture. And so that is the culture that I'm speaking of. Um, and it seeps into and it colors our thinking. You have desires, you have dreams, you have hopes, you have wants, you have needs. Those are there. And then your mind has been saying or says, you know, get real. Take it down a notch. Don't get your hopes up. Well, at least you're not as bad off as, you know, so-and-so. And don't rock the boat. And then those thoughts, as you might remember if you've listened to this podcast for a minute, our thoughts and our emotions are informing and living off of each other. And really, our thoughts are guiding the ship. So we question those thoughts. But if we don't, if they're just running and going and saying, get real, take it down a notch, don't get your hopes up, then you begin to feel the emotions of that. You feel worry. You feel guilt for even like thinking or wanting more in your life or the shame around that wanting. Maybe it's some, he wants something so frivolous like being adding more happiness and joy into your life. Or, you know, and then if you do what my mind does, which is like how, you know, what kind of person asks for more joy and happiness in their life when you have things that are going well for you and so many people are suffering. It loves to use that one. As if you being happier doesn't help other people who are suffering. You are more available for the, that suffering. You are more able to respond to it. Anyway, I keep going off on these little side tangents. So it begins with you reclaiming your own thoughts and feelings. Reclaiming and doing this helps us to feel less frightened, feel more capable, feeling less overwhelmed, and feeling more grounded, more centered, more vertically balanced. If you just didn't listen to last week's episode, I invite you to go back and listen to that one. That one is, again, something that you can tangibly do right now. So how would audacity look on you, my friend? I looked up the definitions of audacity audacity and audacious actually audacious um, was the definition I looked up and uh, also idealistic because a lot of what self-kindness is is continuing to get clear about what is your inner voice what is your inner guidance and what was handed to you and having a chance to really reflect on that and then making the choice do I want to keep this do I want to shift this, improve on it, or do I want to let it go? And so that's why I'm all about looking at these words and reclaiming them for, you know, if they work in my life and I want to own something that's more audacious. And that is showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. That's not a negative to me, that sounds so exciting, such an exciting and inviting way to live a life. And then 
audacious also can mean showing an impudent lack of respect. Now, I probably need to look up impudent, but I'm going to just run with this lack of respect. And honestly, I do have a lack of respect for so many of these um, unquestioned systems that I feel like I had been handed uh, growing up. You know, the idea of what masculinity is. I kind of have a lack of respect for that. I would welcome a definition of masculinity of there are as many definitions of masculinity as there are people who identify as male. And even people who don't identify as male can own masculinity. So I have a lack of respect that masculinity looks the way that it feels like an American culture defines masculinity. So another lack of respect. I'm not a big fan of this, the idea of what I have come to understand as the patriarch and how that system runs through me and how a lot of it (laughs) runs through people who look like I do. So I am okay with showing a lack of respect for that. And a lack of respect for it being okay to be intentional about harming people. A lack of respect for uh, systems that intentionally are designed to be a win-lose rather than a win-win. And that's where this next word that I'm claiming idealistic comes in. Idealistic has synonyms like visionary. Idealistic has is also can be seen as romantic, dreamy, unrealistic. Those are things that I want to reclaim. I want to be a visionary for what is possible in in a life. To be a romantic about things in in life to be dreamy, to be unrealistic. So let's get into thinking about what your life lived from this surprising risks and lack of respect for these systems that create fear and scarcity and warmongering. What does it mean to live audacious? Now, in a way, this is like when I was about to record this podcast, I have, you know, this microphone that I use and my office is in, um, in our garage. It's the, you know, the COVID half garage <laughs> converted office. And so I have this dust screen, like a cloth that goes over the microphone. And when I started recording today, when I first was testing the microphone, I kept, you know, what I kept thinking, what's wrong with the microphone? Why does it sound so weird? Why does it sound like I'm 15 feet away, even though I'm right next to the microphone? And oh, the dust screen is on it. And so when I pulled off the cloth, obviously the microphone's going to work. <laughs> and that is a lot of what happens when we do this work of reclaiming words. It's like we don't even realize the power that is waiting underneath. We have covered these places inside of us, these authentic aspects of us, and layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. 
But then when we pull it off, suddenly we go, oh my gosh, look at that reception. You know, hear how close it feels like I'm right here with you with this microphone. And if I had a dust cover on, it would sound like I'm back here, right? So that is what happens when we start to reclaim this. So why would you want to be audacious? I have three reasons that um, I want to share, and there are so many more, but let's start with these three. Number one, why be audacious? Number one, it brings you closer to your authentic voice. And exactly what I'm talking about, we have covered it up for whatever reason you have learned it's better to quiet your authentic voice than to let it soar and to let it fly than to let it just be belted out. And probably for most of us, I would say that at some point it wasn't safe to let that authentic voice. It was safer to be quiet. You know, I remember one time my buddy wanted to sleep over and um, maybe it was early high school. And my friend and his mom had this way of talking to each other that was pretty, you know, for my family, it felt very confrontational. He would say, you know, why not, mom? And his mom would say, because I said it. So I had never been that way. It was like, you know, I never into her face would question anything my mom said. I might be like a little snarky, a little smartassy on my way out the door so she couldn't, you know, respond. But I did not do that. That was not how a good son responds. Like I could be upset and be like, you know, so in this particular case, she said, no, I was going to, you know, uh, drive him home. Um, he's not sleeping over. And so this little thing clicked in me and I was like, what if I try like having a little bit of frustration aimed at mom? What if I let it fly a little bit like my buddy does? So I did. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but she, I think she was at the kitchen sink and I remember her turning around and she just pointed at me and she said, don't you ever talk to me that way. And she told my friend, she said, come on, I'm taking you home now. And I think I got sent to my room or whatever. So, you know, in that case, I could see that there was room for me to learn tact. But I also really learned the lesson that it wasn't safe for me to speak up in that way to this person, this authority in my life. And I learned that lesson well. That wasn't the only place, but I learned that lesson well, that you got higher praise in your life when you didn't speak up and confront authority. Um, that, you know, that just wasn't part of, of <laughs> part of something I learned. The other thing that I wanted to share with a reason of why it was safer to be quiet was I remember a time being with friends again. It might even be about the same time. And there were a few times in my, you know, youth growing up, like we all have it, where you say the like the thing, the awkward thing. And my buddy, who was kind of the ringleader 
like maybe like one of the coolest hippest kids in our in the class right he laughed at what i said and not only did he laugh he reached over and he grabbed my neck and he like pretended to kind of choke me and it made this weird sound and it made people laugh even more and i in that moment was like i can't speak up and i you know remember the physical feeling of hands around my throat for speaking so it's no wonder that we put these layers on it's no wonder that i put a dust screen on there to keep my voice authentic voice protected for so long so number one why be audacious it brings you closer to your authentic voice because now as an adult i have the tools now as an adult i can understand even how to go back to those situations in my mind's eye and unpack and reclaim my power in those moments that's a lot of what i teach when i coach people by the way all right number two why be audacious you ask for what you want and if you have kids you have seen this in action and my daughter is a great example of this you know we're about to pick her up from somewhere and you know would you stop at starbucks for me or, you know, we're going through our work day and she'll text and say, hey, I forgot something. Can you bring it up? Uh, you know, bring it up to school. And she's going to ask. She gets a lot of no's from us, that's for sure. But she does get yeses. She does get, okay, I'll do it. You know, for me, I learned, um, you know, very quickly to be really calculated on asking for what I want. And I love love even though it drives me crazy sometimes but i love that my daughter has not taken that on as one of her legacies for me i love that she's willing to continue to ask for for what she wants over and over and over again and the third reason and this is more of i believe the deeper long-term reason is you stay connected to this that audacious authenticity inside of you and here's what I mean. I feel like I have seen this so many times, and I am guilty of doing this as well. But people have a dream. They have something that they want to go for, and they finally create the ability and willingness to go for it, right? They're like, okay, you know, you get kind of almost psyched up, and you're like, all right, I'm going to do this thing, like... Like I just hired a life coach or I just hired this, you know, person to, to help and I just put money down and like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go for my dream. I'm going to record that music album. I'm going to like write that play, that book. And we start to go for it and it doesn't happen immediately the way that we thought it would be. So without the audacity to keep on you know, stepping into that and take that willingness to take surprisingly bold risks and keep on stepping in the, la the lack of respect, more of like that, you know, they're saying no, but like, I'm still going to go. I'm still like, I, whatever, it's my opinion here to like, to have that audacity to keep going. 
Because what happens is you begin to change it. You begin to augment it. And you start to say, oh, well, you know, I didn't want to record a whole album of my music. I think I'm just going to do, you know, really what's going to be a big win for me is if I just, um, you know, if I just do a song or two and put it up on YouTube. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to invite you to look and really ask yourself, is it because you aren't claiming your own audacity? Is it because rather than be audacious, you tell yourself, get real? All right, my friends. That's what we have this week. So I'm going to invite you to go out there and be audacious. Just test it out for one thing. See what it feels like to step into that audacity that lives inside of you. Let yourself be that. Own it. And see what happens. Let me know. And one way you can let me know, you can always let me know, is to go down to the show notes or go down wherever you're listening and rate this show. You can always leave a comment on that. And that is one way where we're going to spread an audacious message about this crazy idealistic idea that self-love, self-kindness, self-compassion is not only possible, but it is the thing that's going to change the world. Beginning with amazing you, my friend. Take that dust screen off and let's hear that voice. All right. Love you. Have a great week. Share this episode with somebody if you think it's going to help them. And I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Hey, my friends, does something happen to you when you listen to this podcast? Does something come alive in you when you listen to this podcast? If it does, then let's explore that. Let's explore that together. I don't have all the answers, but I do know who does have all the answers, and that is you. Let's connect you back to your inner wisdom. Let's connect you back to that vertical balance of the head and the heart being connected, being grounded, and exploring out into the world. You can do this. Go down to the show notes and click on the link to set up either a free consultation or a free coaching call with me. Or if you're on social, it's even easier. Just DM me and we'll talk. My friend, you are so worthy of this kindness that already lives in you. Let's live it out. Let's test it out. Come on down and set up that consultation or that call today. Let's explore together. Let's have some fun. Let's step into self-kindness and be the change we want to see in the world. All right, love you. Can't wait to talk.